0: You're listening to The Loyalty Minute, the show that helps you build better customer loyalty and more valuable user engagement with your host, Rob Gallo.
1: Welcome, loyal listeners, to another episode of The Loyalty Minute. I'm your host, Rob Gallo, and today I'm eager and excited to chat with Prashant Floria. Prashant came, uh, became the CEO of Funbox in 2020 after serving as the COO and the CPO. He joined Funbox in 2016 from Yahoo, where he was the Senior Vice President of Advertising Products. Prashant came to Yahoo through the acquisition of Flurry, then the world's largest mobile analytics platform, where he was also the CPO. Before Flurry, he was the Senior Product Director at Facebook, responsible for advertising products and monetizing the Facebook platform. Prior to that, Prashant was an early product leader at Google. I mean, talk about tech, he was all over the place. <laughs> uh, where he built the company from the global, uh, the company's Global Billing and Payment Network and ran all the products for the Asia Pacific region. Please welcome to the show, Prashant, thanks for joining me.
0: Thank you, Rob, thanks for having me.
1: Well, I mean, I, I know I read the, uh, the intro and the bio, but for those who want some more color and flavor to, uh, to your background, Perhaps you could elaborate a little bit more.
0: Sure. Uh, So as you mentioned, Rob, I'm currently CEO of Fundbox. Fundbox is a working capital platform for small businesses. Uh, I guess that makes me a tech executive, and and I must confess to being a tech executive for some time now. Uh, But at heart, I'm really a product manager. If you were to sort of distill me down to what I really am, I'm a product manager. I love building products that help people. And I love taking them to market and and exposing them to more and more users and customers. And yes, it's true that I've done Google, Yahoo, and Facebook. Sometimes I joke that I haven't done them in the right order, uh, but I've also done a couple of smaller startups in between. So have seen every scale of company from five people to about 35,000 people. So I've also learned a little bit about scaling businesses and organizations through this journey that I've been very fortunate to have been on.
1: Great, and, you, and uh, you've done that from the beginning of your career. I mean, that's all you've been really in the tech space, you think? Absolutely,
0: I, I came to the, to the US 25 years ago to get a PhD at Stanford Business School with the intent of becoming an academic. I wanted to be a business school professor and somewhere along the way, I, uh, I realized that I just love working in teams. I love working in, you know, in organizations. And it was 99 and the, the valley was blooming. And I was like, well, you know, I'd rather just join a startup as opposed to take up a professorial gig. And, uh, and I haven't looked back, although I do have a soft spot for teaching as well. I, I do teach occasionally at a, at a few universities, but I'm very much career-wise now like a tech executive.
1: Yeah. Well, I I think teaching probably does play a good role in the tech space to the degree that if you can coach and manage people, that's a big part of the, you know, the success of these uh, tech tech companies.
0: I think teaching and I end up typically teaching, you know, MBAs at business schools is is both exciting and also somewhat humbling because it's exciting for obvious reasons. You get to share what you've learned and so on. The humbling part is, at what, le- level of, at what level of detail do you actually share and teach? Because if you abstract your lessons too much, they're completely irrelevant for the folks that you're talking to. Mm-hmm. But if you provide too much detail and too much context, you may get lost in the weeds. And so I always find it to be a really good exercise to ask myself, Prashant, what have you learned yourself in your career? Because if you, if you can't teach this to someone else, that means you haven't really learned a lot. And that's a scary thought.
1: Yeah, well, it's it's true. I mean, uh, there's no doubt that it's it's a powerful tool to be able to take what you've learned and then I don't want to say regurgitate it, but package it up and then explain it to somebody else. So exactly. we're definitely going to get into the into the weeds with Fundbox, uh, and Fundbox and what it does. Uh, But right now, I wanted to start off the conversation with the question that I ask everyone. And it is, what does loyalty, brand loyalty, customer loyalty mean to you as a consumer, Prashant?
0: I think to me, a brand is a promise. It's a promise of a certain experience, a certain uh, quality, and whatever the product might be, whatever the service might be. And loyalty is this mutual relationship between the brand and the customer where the customer has this expectation that a certain experience will be delivered and the brand lives up to that promise every time. And that's really what it is. It's this two-way relationship that that is really all about expectations and living up to those expectations
1: okay so that leads into the next question what is a brand that you would be loyal to and why and if you can answer in the form of let's say a story you know a, a reason an anecdote yeah. as opposed to just statistics that would be helpful
0: well absolutely i think one brand that as a consumer i'm 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 loyal to is starbucks and it's, I, I, I'm surprised I say this because I'm not a really a big coffee drinker. I mean, I, I have my coffee like everybody else, uh, but what I've always been impressed by is the what Starbucks means to me. Uh, to me personally, it means a certain level of quality in my coffee, a certain experience, a, and Starbucks delivers that every time. And across, like a a whole range of places and locations and a whole range of channels. Uh, For me as a consumer, I I can walk into a Starbucks store, whether it's here in New York or in San Francisco or any other part of the US or even around the world. And there's the entire Starbucks experience of the fully branded Starbucks experience with the barista and the Wi-Fi and the tables and all of that. But I can also come across Starbucks in my target where there is a scale down Starbucks version where I can get coffee while I browse the aisles. And that's a, that's a, that's a, it's a different channel, but a similar experience. I can buy a Starbucks product at the grocery store. And what I'm always amazed by is how Starbucks manages to deliver that consistent quality mm-hmm. as per my expectations, no matter where I am and how I access their product.
1: Yeah, so like you said, it's fulfilling the expectation of the consistent quality results that you expect from the company. And that's why you're loyal to it. That makes sense, perfect sense. So let's, let's switch gears and think about it now from a business standpoint and put, you know, not that you're not a consumer in this point, but when you think about Fundbox and some of the brands and the companies that you do business with, how, how does that work with, with loyalty and, and, you know, the brand experience with some of the companies that you work with through brand, uh, Funbox?
0: So I think that brand loyalty, the fundamentals are fairly similar, whether you are a consumer buyer or whether you're a small business buyer or a mid-market or an enterprise buyer. I think the, the, the implementation may be a little bit different or a lot different, but the fundamentals are pretty much the same. If, if, we put, if you put Fundbox uh, as, a, as a customer, if you will, of services or as a, uh, as, as a company that is out there working with other companies, other businesses, like a great example of, uh, of a partner that we work with uh, uh, who we think of very highly is, is Intuit. Intuit is this well-known uh, technology company that serves small businesses. We partner with them. We're, we're, uh, you know, we have a native integration of Funbox inside of the, the QuickBooks application that small businesses use for their accounting and invoicing you know, needs. And uh, for us, what works very well is every time that we work with the, with the QuickBooks team, with the Intuit team, we know that they have a certain way of thinking about, about making decisions. And it's always starting with the end customer in mind. So starting with a small business owner. So think of it this way, in this, in this chain, the small business owner is the end customer. Then into it is our partner. And we are a technology provider or a services provider that provides of working capital solutions to the end customer, through into it. So it's kind of complicated, right? There are three different parties here. Yeah. But because we're aligned in how we think about prioritizations, what's most important? It's the end customer. What's important for them? Simplicity, speed, transparency. Yeah. And because we're aligned on these principles, it's really it's easy for us to work with, with a partner like those, like, like Intuit. And so I think brand loyalty can translate into a, a customer-vendor relationship. It can also translate into a partner relationship.
1: Yeah, I love that company, Intuit, to be honest with you. I think they do a fantastic job at helping small businesses manage their their, uh, their receipts and Everything like that. I mean, I've been using QuickBooks online for, I'm gonna say 10 years, if not more, it seems like. Yeah. Um, you know, originally I was on Quicken when it was a download version. Now I'm on QuickBooks Pro, which is great. And then it gives me the access or the ability to have my accountant log in and she can see all the data that, that they need to do for. Yeah, it's, it's definitely useful. So what is Funbox actually doing then in, in relation to the end user and yeah. funding them?
0: Sure. So Fundbox is an embedded working capital platform. And what that means is we help small businesses with access to working capital that they need on a daily, weekly, monthly basis to manage their cash inflows and outflows. As a small business owner, you're always at the mercy of inbound and outbound flows of cash. Yeah. You may have delivered a service to a customer invoice them, and you will be waiting for them to pay you for 30, 60, 90 days. In fact, it turns out there's a trillion dollars, and I kid you not, a trillion dollars of unpaid invoices that are owed to small businesses in the US alone at any point in time, a trillion dollars. So imagine that enormous drag that has on a small business and their ability to just run and grow. And so what Funbox does is we provide, we provide working capital solutions, loans, lines of credit, spend management tools that our customers use to be able to manage the, the timing of these inbound and outbound cash flows. So in the context of QuickBooks, for example, you could be a QuickBooks customer looking at your invoices. You realize that an invoice may be delayed you can click on a button and within seconds have access to, to capital from Fundbox that can cover that gap in your cash flows caused by a delayed invoice. Those are the kinds of solutions that we provide.
1: Hmm. Interesting. You know, it's become seemingly all the rage uh, as I I've looked around because I was in the market to acquire a company and I started on SearchFunder. And there's a lot of businesses now that are actually funding uh, revenue accounts receivables, meaning if you have steady, accurate receivables on a regular basis. So it, it's similar in that respect, but they're doing it whereby they're, some of them are actually doing it where they're taking an equity position in the company, which is another interesting concept. I don't know if you guys do that.
0: Right. So we don't take equity positions in our customers our customers tend to be, I think where we differentiate really is our customers are the smaller end of small businesses. So we're talking about a sole proprietor maybe, or maybe a business with a, a dozen or a couple of dozen employees making you know, a few hundred thousand dollars in revenue or maybe up to a few million dollars in revenue. And this is, one, this is the space which is the most underserved because your, your traditional financial institutions don't have the ability to serve these customers at scale because they're too small. They're too small for your your average bank. Uh, To serve these kinds of customers, you need technology, you need automation because you need to serve many, many, many of these smaller customers in a way that satisfies them and, and delights them. And so what we focus on really is the smaller end of the small business, which frankly turns out to be the vast majority of SMBs. If suppose there are say 30 million small businesses in the US, well, more than 95% of them have revenues of less than a million dollars. So not your not your prime customer for, for, for a traditional financial institution.
1: And then how, how do you get the collateral? Or I mean, how do you recognize what will work and what won't? Yeah.
0: So we We've, over the years, pioneered uh, a way of assessing uh, the risk of a business or the risk of a transaction by looking at transactional data. So our customers would would connect either their accounting software, like a QuickBooks or a Xero or a FreshBooks, or their invoicing app, or just a business bank account, or their e-commerce platform. We recently announced a partnership with Stripe. So we can take data from, from any of these platforms and use that to assess the risk of the customer and give them... In almost in real time, like an appropriate product that they can use. Mm. And that goes back to sort of what we stand for for our customers. So when we think about ourselves and brand loyalty that we would want to drive with our customer base, it goes back to providing our customers financial flexibility and and peace of mind that they can then have as they run their business. And so within that umbrella of that promise to our customers, again, financial flexibility and peace of mind, we find ways to deliver on that promise, whether it's, again, inside of a QuickBooks, inside of a Stripe, uh, integrated with their bank account, or any, any of these other touch points that we can have and providing different kinds of, of solutions, whether it's a line of credit, a, a, a virtual bank account, you know, a payment card, all, all of those things.
1: Interesting, very interesting. Well, I mean, you know, I, I think, uh, obviously, financing the small business is the lifeblood, like you said without it it's it makes it difficult. And you know, I just started another venture, and it's I can see that it's gonna be sixty to ninety days out to get revenue coming in, but yet I still have to pay on the front side for all the advertising and things like that. but it's just uh, it's a brand new um, affiliate business, so it's a little bit- and,
0: and I'll tell you and I'll tell you two two you know ironical things. first of all, this imbalance between inflow and outflow that you just mentioned, Rob, is the most painful when you're growing. And the faster you're growing, the more upfront investments you need to make while getting revenue and cash later, yeah. in a, later on. So that's sort of growing businesses actually have this problem more than just steady businesses. And the other ironical thing is that the bigger your customers, especially as a B2B small business, the bigger your customers, the longer you're going to wait to get paid because they have more leverage yeah. in that relationship. So you could have the bluest of the blue chip customers and wait for months and months and months to get paid.
1: Yeah. It's immensely frustrating, but you know we're, we're working around it, but we'll, we'll manage. And I know this conversation has gone off the rails with regard to loyalty and brand loyalty, but I think it's still uh, of great value to our listeners because you know, again, a lot of our businesses, a lot of our listeners are small to medium business owners, operators, and they can. I, I think this has value, definitely for sure. But to tie it back into some sort of brand loyalty as it relates to customers that you might have. So, other than doing partnerships with Stripe and, and Intuit, do you have people can come directly to Fundbox?
0: Yes. So you you can just come to funbox.com to access the same services. You can download our app from from the app stores and use this on your mobile. And a lot of our customers do that. And so we have customers that know us directly, as well as customers that know us as a a plugin or an embedded solution inside of these other platforms that we spoke
1: about. Okay. Yeah. So then in that regard, do you have existing customers that continually come back to you?
0: Oh, absolutely. And I think one of the things that, that we've, one of our principles as a business is to align long term incentives. I think it's, it's much easier to build a long term sustainable business if your success and your customer success is aligned in the long term. And this is true whether it's in the financial services space, in the, the consumer internet space, like any space that you may you may think about, for us, our 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 average customer uses Fundbox, draws funds from us nine times a year. That's a rough, rough stat. And when they start using us to in their our spending tools, that repeat engagement goes from nine times a year to five times a month. So even more, even more, uh, even more highly engaged. And our business, our entire business model, is driven by customers who come to Funbox, use us many times a year, and stay with us for many, many years. In fact, if you were a customer who came to us, used us once, and then never came back, we would likely lose money on you. We would likely not recoup the cost of acquisition and so on. So though our most successful customers are those that come to Funbox, they grow with us, and as they grow, their needs grow, and they spend more with us over time as well. So we've aligned our incentives in a way where our, our most, the most successful customers, the most successful businesses, are also the most successful ones for us as well. So it's a very nice aligning of incentives. And we're not trying to optimize our economics on each transaction. We think of optimizing our business on the lifetime value that a customer brings to us. And I think that, that, that long-term focus and the alignment of incentives really creates a nice dynamic where like we win when our customers win.
1: I, I love that motto. Yeah, I love to have, you know, partnerships I think are key and creating partnerships at a financial level for uh, a small to medium-sized businesses uh, is definitely a way and I think it does create the loyalty, you're right. They know where they can go now. They know that you're a resource that's there for them and uh, that's, that's good stuff. So um, if, if users want to, if listeners want to get a hold of you, Prashant, what's the best way they can do that?
0: Uh, you can always come to the website, funbox.com and, uh, and, uh, and just use any Funbox services. Um, if they want to get a hold of me personally, Prashant at funbox.com is a, is a great email address to use. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm always, uh, I always love hearing from people and hearing perspectives so folks can just email me anytime.
1: Okay. And you're uh, active on LinkedIn. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Terrific. Well, Prashant, I want to thank you for your time. Um, you know, usually we wrap it up in about 25 minutes. It's about the, uh, extent of our listeners' attention spans because they're on lunch breaks when they're listening or driving in the car and their commute is about done. Uh, but again, I wanna sincerely thank you for your, uh, your insights and, uh, and the information, it's really fascinating. I think our users uh, would definitely get value from it. Uh, if you feel you've, uh, as a listener, if you feel you've um, earned, we've earned uh, some respect from you, we would definitely appreciate a five-star review on your favorite podcast streaming service. To reference this episode or any other episodes, please visit TheLoyaltyMinute.com. Enjoy. Thanks, Prashant. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for your next edition of The Loyalty Minute.